Hey, it's Tony Bruski along with Jenny and Carol Hughes inviting you to come check out our brand new podcast, Office Horror Stories. You don't get a fart in my presence and just leave it. When I pick up a cup, I try to take a sip. It's Greg's chew. Like, <laughs> spit take right That's into the so screen. Gross. I know. You can't unhear that. One. It's a show jam-packed with stories of crazy bosses, insane co-workers, and workplaces from hell. I'm seriously getting in trouble right now for being a hard worker. Pick your ear, nose, rub your eye that clearly probably is pink eye. Here, let me handle those apples for you. So not only is it gross that you're getting bacteria onto the money, but you're getting bacteria up into... something else. And the best part, you're invited to share your workplace nightmare or office horror story as well. Just search office horror stories wherever you download podcasts, click subscribe and start binging away now. You know, I'm single and then I listen to stories like that and I'm like, that person found someone? (laughs) What? You've been carrying on a not so discreet affair with one of the day shift supervisors and it skipped town with her and literally thousands of dollars of client money that have been earmarked for employee incentives. I wish I had a kid because if I had a kid, I could call in sick a lot. I could leave early a lot and not saying you know that they were making it up. But yes, I have worked with people who made that shit. Our brand new podcast, Office Horror Stories. New episodes weekly available wherever you download podcasts. Today on Real Ghost Stories Online, how do you escape a ghost in the forest? Is running always your best bet? What do you do if the forest follows you or changes direction? Today we hear a shocking story of people flee from a ghost in the forest. Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your real ghost story now at 855 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You are about to enter the world of the unknown, and quite possibly, the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. And it is at 855-853-4802. Is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost story with us. Right on the website, realghoststoriesonline.com. Support the program. And get bonus episodes of the show sent to you every single week. Just go to ghostpodcast.com and do that. Or patreon.com slash real ghost stories. Five bucks a month gets you the bonus episodes and advanced episodes of the show, which are commercial free. All there for you at ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories. If you like the show, you want to keep it on the air. We ask for the support and a big thank you if you already are a supporter. Check it out at ghostpodcast.com, patreon.com slash real ghost stories. Tony and Jenny Bruski joining you once again. Hi. Hi. So we're out of the forest. We're in our new setting. Mm-hmm. Are you going to miss being in the middle of the forest? Did you like being in the middle of the forest at our last place? Uh, you know, I still feel like we have enough forest with the treed backyard. Then we kind of got a woods back there. Yeah. yeah. I like not having endless amounts of leaves in the front yard to mm-hmm. track in. So I'm I'm content with where we're at. I don't know. You know, there's so many stories about um, haunted forests and creepy forests. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because I can look at a haunted house or a house that looks creepy and I'll go, that is creepy. I've never once... Honestly, had a creepy vibe in a forest. 
No, me neither. I've always find them so peaceful. Mm-hmm. And re- it's like it's the opposite of creepy, even if it is dark. I like them dark. Mm-hmm. I think it's fun when you get into a woods or a forest and you're walking on a trail and saying, oh, this is really dark and it's the middle of the day. Sure. Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess if I'm in an area where I know there's a chance for a lot of snakes, I'm more like concerned of snakes. Mm-hmm. Um, or like a wild boar or something. <laughs> I'm concerned with the animals that may be living in the forest, but I never, I've never gotten the what's in the forest, you know? Yeah. I, I pretty much know what's in the, whatever forest I'm going into. Um, but I, I, I don't, I don't know. But For- we've never gone to an actual, this is known to be a haunted forest forest. Like you know? Foxconn forest in China where all the suicides happen. Yeah. That's known as like, a, you know what I'm talking about? Right. Um, like that sort of forest. Right. We've never been to a forest yeah. where there is a dark history. That's true. You know, and that might be totally different. Just like there's houses that aren't, they don't feel haunted. Mm-hmm. And then there's houses that feel haunted. I'm sure, you know, given the right forest, <laughs> we could feel a creepy vibe. <laughs> we just got to find the right forest. Mm-hmm. I, I used to just go get lost in the forest for fun. This is like my child. This is what I would do. Mm-hmm. I would go out back in the woods and get myself turned around. And I knew eventually if I kept walking, I hit a roadway somewhere and sure. then I could identify where I was. And you know, there's no cell phones. I don't know how the hell I did this shit when I was like 10, but yeah. it was uh, shit I would never let my kids do. But uh, I guess it's just kind of what we did. Mm-hmm. I, it was a different, I don't know, I guess a totally different mindset. But I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying it to fault parents or anything like that either. Cause I know my mom's listening, walking through a graveyard, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> and I'm not saying it as a fault thing. It's just, a, it was a different place, different time on things. I'm surprised your own anxiety allowed you to do that because I think knowing you now, you'd be afraid you'd get lost. No. I, I mean, if I knew, if I didn't know the area, uh-huh. but I don't know, it's like that, I think there's something about areas where you grow up, if you spend a lot of time there, that it's just gets, it's in those developmental years that your compass is like so ingrained into it that it just, it's there. Mm -hmm. You just know the area and you always will. It's like, just, you're like kind of grounded there for some reason. And then, you know, when that changes, it's never quite the same grounding because those years of development, you've already had them. And you got grounded there, mm-hmm. not here. You can become comfortable and love any place you know that you want. But um, you know, when I go there, I, I still I can feel that again, and it's weird. And it's not you know, there's so much about where I grew up that I don't like anymore. Um, you know, just the way that things have changed in in time and the environment. But you, there's that sense. It's just like boom, you know. And I don't, it's, it's like a grounding mm-hmm. of knowing your direction and where everything is. You know, I could turn, I couldn't tell you which is north, south, east, or west anywhere, any place I've ever lived mm-hmm. since then. No matter how many times you tell me, nor will I remember <laughs> your birthday or middle name, but, <laughs> but I, I will, I can there when I'm in that place, I just kind of know it. So I always just felt I knew my directions there. I don't know why that whole area. I could really tell you which way to go. Mm-hmm. Even areas I didn't know that well. Um, I don't know what that is. I don't know. But I, I think it's a, does it make sense or am I just kind of rattling and no, saying it makes sense. It so, makes sense. I don't yeah. know if there's something to that, but no, I, I just, I would love going and wandering in the woods and getting lost here today. If I, if you just said, go to the woods back here, I, I wouldn't be scared, but I, I would be pretty confident. I, I couldn't tell you how to get back to this point. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd end up somewhere, but I would be lost. I wouldn't have no idea where I was going. 
So, and I would probably enjoy every minute of it. <laughs> and now you can, you know, you get found. You put like a tracker on you and eventually they'll, you'll just keep beeping and someone will hear you mm-hmm. and you know, maybe dead, but they'll find you. Eventually. <laughs> um, 855-853-4802 is our number at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost stories with us. Uh, this one says it took place when I was just a baby, five months old. It was told to me by my mother. Well, the first part was, so here we go. I had an uncle that was in the army. He had wanted to get out to see me for months, but just hadn't been able to. In July of that year, he did get a weekend furlough and came to see me. My mother said he wouldn't let anyone touch me that weekend. He fed me, played with me, rocked me to sleep, etc. I've been told that he was so happy to see me finally. A month later, my mom had me in the rocking chair trying to rock me to sleep, which apparently they never had to do. She said the rocking chair was located beside a large picture window with a clear view of the steps in the porch. She'd been rocking me for a while when she looked out of the window and saw my uncle step up onto the porch. She was confused as to why he was there. Then he just vanished. The next day, she was met on the porch with two MPs pulling up, walked across the bridge and up into the porch and asked me for my uncle's wife or asked for my uncle's wife. They wouldn't tell my mom. This was her brother, by the way. He'd been killed during the battle trying to save an injured soldier the night before, about the time my mom saw him. They were all devastated. I was a baby, so I don't remember any of this. I know what I was told, and I have a picture of him in his army uniform. Time goes on, and I was twelve year, a 12-year-old girl. My cousins and I just watched a horror movie, and I was having trouble sleeping. I was lying there when I saw an insanely bright light from the dining room. You could see the light from the dining room from my bedroom. I see someone walk into my room and feel them sit down at the foot of my bed. I finally get the nerve to open my eyes and look. I see my uncle sitting on the foot of my bed. He moves up to be sitting beside me. I'm no longer scared by this time. He takes hold of my hand and tells me, you don't ever have to be afraid. I'm always with you. Then he vanishes. I rolled over and went to sleep. Also became braver as the years have passed. I am a nurse now, and during my school days, I was married with three children, ages four, seven, and ten. I'd get my husband up and off to work at 3 a.m. At this time, I'd sit in the corner of my living room where I had a study area set up with a chair and a floor lamp that shined on the area only. The rest of the living room was completely dark. I'd do this every night until time for the kids to get up for school. I'd see a dark, dark shadow figure in the opposite corner of the room. This happened numerous times until I would look into that corner and I would see nothing. One night I looked up and said, I'm fine. I appreciate you coming to check on me, but everything is okay. I'm a little stressed because of school, but that's all. I never saw the shadow again, at least not in that form. I've always felt a connection to my uncle. I can't explain it. I'm having uh, met him, but was too young to remember him. I feel that he's always protecting me and is always around me. I guess I'm fearless to a fault, or so I've been told. I wonder what your take is on these experiences. Thanks for putting on a great show. I listen to it on my 40-minute drive to work nightly. I'm a nurse in a a LTC facility and work the night shift. I love anything scary and creepy. I think that's really sweet that, you know, as soon as he died, he came back to where she was, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think he's just become her guardian spirit or guardian angel. I'm not sure, sure, you know, how that works, but he's definitely the one that watches over her. I think it's a great example story of, a shadow person mm-hmm. being seen uh, where that just happened to be the form that it was in yeah. or he was in at that time. He's not evil. He's not, you know, dark and menacing. 
it's just that's that's what was there. That was the, the energy uh, manifested itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and when people jump to the conclusion quite frequently of, oh, it's always something dark or bad or this or that. No, it's just it happens to be what it's showing itself as. Yeah. If the energy was in a different form or whatever, you know, was able to manifest itself in a lighter, brighter way. Um, you know, maybe that's how it would be. But maybe it's just, you know, maybe shadow is just one of the easiest ones to be manifesting as. Maybe it's the one sometimes when the ghost doesn't really want to be seen. They just want to mm. be there. That's yeah. the one they pick. That's a good thought. Because I think quite often we're always assuming, oh, they want to be seen. And uh, maybe quite often they don't. We just happen to pick them up. They're like, ah, shit, you caught me. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like a kid kind of hiding off in the corner trying to listen in or something. Yeah. It's like they don't really want to be seen. They're just kind of there to to be a part of whatever. And if they need uh, or they want to intervene or or need to intervene, they can. They can jump in. They're maybe still bound by the same restraints of getting information as we are in the living of you kind of got to be in the room to hear the conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, if they're not being seen, um, they're not going to be disturbing anybody. Yeah. Uh, getting that. So, yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Our phone number, 855-853-4802 to share your real ghost story with us. Right on the website, realghoststoriesonline.com. Let's go to the next one. It says, I've had a few prepar- uh, paranormal experiences in my time. I'll make sure to write in again with some of my other stories. This happened when I was about 13 years old and took place in Charlwood Forest, which is in England. It involved myself, my uncle, and three of my cousins. For the ease of everyone, I'm going to refer to them as my brothers or sisters. It's important for you to know which cousin it is I'm referring to. This is a bit of a backstory, but I'll write in a way in which you can understand. I was staying in my uncle's house. He was the cool uncle that every family has with three of my other cousins. We were all the same age. My uncle's house was known by a lot of people to be haunted. So this always put my cousins and me on edge. And this night we were forced to stay downstairs. So my uncle made up a story to keep our minds occupied. At the time I thought it was real. He said, if we can keep a bonfire going in the garden, the spirits will stay away from us. So we did exactly that. And in the morning, my uncle came downstairs to see that the fire was still burning So he said, tonight, let's go to the woods and make a big bonfire. We'll do fireworks, etc. So this is how we ended up in the woods. We were driving to the woods to this uh, time. It must have been around 2 or 3 a.m. And the car was my uncle, myself, and three other cousins. The woods are extremely dark and dense. It was so dense that you could barely see the sky. The trees on either side of the road touched overhead. So it was like driving through a tunnel. On the way, my uncle asked me if I was going to come into the woods with him. My uncle was 6'4", 250 pounds, and was pure muscle and could look after himself. So my answer to his question was, yes, if you're going in, I'm going in. The brothers followed suit, but my sister didn't say anything. She remained silent the entire journey. I should probably mention that she used to have episodes of possession that I've witnessed and will elaborate on at another time. When we arrived at the break in the fence, we pulled over. My uncle proceeded to walk into the woods just as I was about to enter. My sister runs in front of me and grabs the fence, blocks the entrance and says, you're not going anywhere. I'm not sure if she did it out of fear or if she was possessed. I was pulling out her arms with all my strength. I was big and even being of that young of age and I couldn't budge her from the fence. One of the brothers also tried helping me to no avail. 
After a minute of arguing, I'm no longer able to see my uncle. He'd walked too far into the forest. A moment later, I hear my uncle shouting, Run! Run! Now! He was sprinting back full speed. So we all run back to the car. Us kids were only a couple of feet away from the car as we didn't make it past the footpath. So we were already getting into the car as my uncle was running round to his door. I was pretty casual because I thought he was trying to scare us and I didn't believe him. He was panting, repeating, there was something there. There was something there. I laughed and shrugged it off as I was going to grab my seatbelt. I had one more glance at the spot in which we were standing, and to my horror, I saw the figure of a man that was at least seven or eight feet tall and was glowing white. The figure had a slim to medium build with long arms. I couldn't make out the legs as the glow coming off of him buried his legs. Had He had a normal-shaped head. It seemed to be wearing a hat like a bowler hat. This man was leaning against a tree and was casually watching the car speed off. I was frozen in horror. I didn't say a word as my uncle sped off. We needed to make a U-turn, which meant we were going to drive past the spot where the man was standing. As we passed the spot, I heard one of the brothers shout, I just saw something. As I was sitting in the front passenger seat, I spun around and said, What exactly did you see? I wanted him to speak first because I wanted to make sure he wasn't influenced by what I said. And in my horror, he described exactly what I saw. His description was also met by a loud, I told you so, from my uncle. I didn't really know what happened to the sister at this time. I don't know if it was fear that took her over. I was just, it was just a coincidence that we saw something or if she was possessed by something that wanted to protect us or even warn us of. She went talk on the way home and I've never spoken of this with her after the incident. What are your thoughts? That is an interesting ghost that they saw because usually if they're seven or eight feet tall, they're dressed like either the Grim Reaper or they're a shadow or, you know, something like that. Not wearing a a bowler hat and looking like an actual person. What is a bowler hat? Um, It's it's kind of a... um, God, I'm trying to think of a character that has one. It's a, a, a rounded top old style hat. I'm Googling it. Yeah. Oh, I see. Okay. I, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yep. It's kind of like the like Laurel and Hardy type. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So that's interesting. In the middle of the woods yeah. to see that. That would be horrifying. Mm-hmm. But I understand the whole, ah, uh, whatever, you know, it's, you know. They're just it, trying to scare me. Yeah, because that would seem, you know, about accurate mm-hmm. for uh, for something like that. But yeah, I haven't. I can't. I don't think I've ever been in the woods like a for, like a forest situation like that at night. I'm still trying to think if I've had any scary experiences in the woods. I've gone to haunted woods, quote unquote. You know, like mm-hmm. ones that people put on for Halloween. Yeah, um, and I enjoy those. Uh, but I, I can't, I don't think I've done, uh, we used to dare each other to go run up into the woods. I guess I've done that. Mm-hmm. When I was a kid, the neighbors, uh, their grandkids would come over and there'd be campfires on Saturday nights sometimes. And we'd have a little fire down there. And then there was a little inlet, a little inlet path into the woods that we would dare each other to run up into. And it was, it was like really a big kind of opening that went in there and it, the end of the opening was a bench that you could sit on. And in, during the day, really peaceful and, and, mm-hmm. and nice. But at night, a little creepy. Because <laughs> it's like the, the leaves and the, the kind of the, the cathedral that the, um, the trees made, 
it really felt like it was about as wide as a cathedral too, like that you'd walk through. Um, there was just enough where the branches kind of touched, but you could still kind of see the sky mm-hmm. through it. So if it was uh, kind of a full moon, it was you know, just a really kind of an eerie light in yeah. that little cathedral-esque area of the woods. And I, I do remember daring each other to run up there. And we always said, like, well, there's a ghost woman that sits on the bench. Or I think that was our <laughs> legend or whatever. I, I, In my mind, I can see this ghost woman. I, I know I never actually saw her. But in my mind, I, I, this thing is what I pictured I would end up seeing. Mm-hmm. Never saw it. But I did remember, like, running up pretty far into there and coming back and getting a little freaked out then. I guess that's the closest I've come to actually being. Mm-hmm. But it's nighttime in the woods. Yeah. So daytime, I am not so. I don't know. Maybe we'll have to take a family vacation to the Foxconn Forest. No. Wouldn't that be fun? No. Hey, kids. I don't think so. <laughs> Wouldn't this be, let's go to the forest everybody kills themselves in. That'd be horrible. <laughs> that would just be, that would not be a fun family uh, family vacation. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone. Number. We've had stories from there, haven't we? I think so. Like a, a long, long time. time ago. Yeah. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories. Uh, online to share your real ghost story with us. Let's go to our next one that says, this wasn't one of my experiences. This happened to my man and various other family members in the past. Uh, my, uh, I think it's supposed to be Nan, not man. My Nan and granddad have had a lot of trouble caused by poltergeist activity. A few years ago, my mom was at my Nan's house getting my grandfather's dinner ready for when he came home from work because my Nan was at work also at the time. She went to a saucepan. They were on the bottom, stacked up, and they just flew out at her. There was no way they could have fallen off. They were stacked securely. After that, my mom sat in the chair in the living room waiting for the dinner to cook when she heard footsteps coming down the stairs. So she went to have a look to see if my granddad had come home from work early. There was no one there. Puzzled, she went back into the room, the front room. She then heard it again. She ran outside and waited until my granddad came home. Since then, she would not stay in the house on her own. My nan, on the other hand, had far worse things happened. One day, she was in her house doing the washing up or something like that, and she had china plates hanging on the wall above her fireplace. She turned around, and a couple of them flew off like they had been thrown. They also saw the doorknob turn on the door leading to the hallway, and the door upstairs slowly opened, then closed. And the door on the other side of the room did the same, opened and closed slowly. She felt a slight breeze as if someone had walked past her. Another incident was when my granddad was in the bathroom one morning with just trousers on, no shirt, and he felt ice-cold hands fully touch him on the back. Obviously, this made him jump, and he ran downstairs to see if it was my nan messing with him. But when he asked her, she said that she had been making breakfast the whole time. My nan... On a few other occasions, along with my father and my uncle, both felt a pair of hands on their back and had been pushed while at the top of the stairs. Luckily, they only fell a few steps, but it could have been very serious. There used to be an old man that lived and died in my nan's house. When he got too old and ill to climb the stairs, they brought his bed downstairs into a separate sitting room. In his old bedroom upstairs, they used to spit tobacco up the walls. So sometimes when someone went up there or a relative stayed in that bedroom, he would be able to smell the tobacco or hear a keyboard playing in the sitting room downstairs, even keys jiggling. My nan used to have a clock up high on a unit in her living room, but one day... 
she noticed something. A big crack right across the face had suddenly appeared in the distinct pattern. It kind of went from the bottom up, then across, then up again. Every clock she replaced it with did the same thing. Cracked in all the same places. After a while, she got used to it, but the strange thing is it only happened when someone was alone in the house, or my nan and granddad were alone. I was too young at the time. She had milk bottles fly off, off of her shelf at her, too. One time, my nan had a fireplace brush that she kept on her windowsill for decoration. It was a black cast-iron figure of what I think was a tribal person with the bristles as its skirt sort of thing. It had an uh, earring in both of its ears, and... One day, my cousin was playing with it and pulled both of the earrings out and lost them. Well, my nan just put it back on the windowsill. That was about head high when you sat on the sofa in front of it. My aunt came around a few days after my cousin, her son, had pulled the earrings out and was sitting on the sofa by it. The brush flew off the windowsill and hit my aunt in the head. Thankfully, it didn't cause any damage. After that, my mom had it since we had an open fire too, but didn't get anything out of the ordinary. So we assumed, after all that had opened, uh, after all that had happened, it was my nan's house, not the figure. That's all the things, maybe a few more things I haven't been told about. It kept on happening about 12 to 15 years. Got that bad that my nan had gone to a local church and spoke to the priest there and asked for his help. He came around to her house and went into every room with holy water, blessing and saying a prayer. Luckily, that seemed to work. She still lives there now, and since the priest helped bless the house, it has been... Ghost free. I bet it was the old guy that died in the house. Since it was just kind of, you know, almost an honorary type ghost and not really demonic or anything. Mm -hmm. Just somebody not happy. Other people are in their house. It's kind of lurking around doing their own thing. Mm -hmm. I think so. I, I could see that being the case in that one. Thank you for sharing that, uh, that story with us. Do you plan on haunting any houses? Is that going to be your thing when you die? I don't know. It depends. What's on your to-do list? Um, I don't know. I think I'd be too annoyed with what the people in my houses do. <laughs> so I don't know that haunting any house that I, I li lived in and loved would be a good idea. It would, it would, it would be... It, oops. Yeah, yeah, stop. It's not an EVP. It's me pressing the wrong button. <laughs> uh, so you, you would be a very just an annoyed ghost. Yeah. Would you, would you make your annoyance known? No. Your displeasure known? You know how little things bother me. I don't think my ghostly self could stand to be in a house where I know things are going to bother me. <laughs> You'd be like, I can haunt the shit out of you, but damn it, you're just too annoying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's an interesting ghost. Uh, it's like the ghost got sick of us <laughs> and they just they didn't want to be around us. So, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, uh, I don't know. I think maybe I'll do good. It sounds really weird. I don't think you're going to do good. I'll do good and bad. I mean, I'll do good. In, I was talking with Carol about this the other night. I'll do good in a vigilante sort of way. Okay. That's how I'll do you good. You the justice seeking ghost. Yes. Okay. I'm not going to like, you know, go around and give massages or things like that. You know, it's, it's going to be more like. The creepy ghost. <laughs> I'll be creepy in a sort in a certain sort of way, but not that sort of way. It'll be more yeah, it'll be vigilante ghost. It'll be I'm gonna I'm gonna do shit that people can't. Yeah. To uh to justify situations or to fix problems. I'll be a fixer. Okay. <laughs> fixer ghost. <laughs> there you go. Uh 
is our number at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost stories with us. Let's grab a call here. Just gonna try and grab this one here and load. Okay, let's hear your ghost story. Hi. Play. Thank you. Hey, my name is Emily Gibbs. I live in North Carolina. I grew up in a little town called Marion. And that's where my story takes place. We grew up with a poltergeist from, we moved into the house, I think it was about two, until we moved when I was 11 or 12. And the whole time we were just all tormented by this thing. My, it, my little brother was so traumatized by it that he will, to this day, will not even talk about what he experienced in that house. I don't mean personally in my room. It, if not every night, then at least every other. It was a constant. I would hear whispers at the foot of my bed, breathing, giggling. Once I woke up and something was holding my hand. That happened when I was about eight. And I remember all the next day, like, laying in bed and contorting my body to try to figure, see if that was me holding my hand, if that was, if I had somehow done it to myself. Um, my Aunt Sheila used to have huge curly hair. This was, like, early 90s perm days. So her silhouette was just magnificent. I woke up one night. And I thought she was standing over my bed. I could only see this huge outline of shadow. I don't, I never figured out what it was. I just, just started screaming. All of our toys would start going off by themselves, often in the middle of the goddamn night, right in the middle of the, your deepest sleep. My mom got locked in her bedroom once and she couldn't get out. My dad was on the outside of the door. He couldn't open it. It, oh, ugh, God, I hadn't talked about it in so long. So I think my mom got it worse than anybody and she doesn't, even still, she doesn't talk about it. We're all pretty... We're into magic and spirits and stuff. It's just in our blood. We're all open to that that side. But I think my mom is more than anything. She's seen several things throughout her lifetime. And I think, but that getting locked in the room was the most terrifying thing she'd ever experienced. My dad would hear someone just say his name really sharp the basement was so dark and every child is afraid of their basement but good god there there was something down there uh we there were like those really huge metal poles for the foundation of the house and you could hear clanging like somebody hitting those poles mm -hmm. occasionally we would get cryptic messages on the television. It would come through in the caption bar, but the captions, we had, we would never turn the captions on. And it was just 
weird, just numbers and letters just that didn't make any sense, didn't form any words, just constantly. Um, my dad had gone to Haiti on a mission trip when he was in his early 20s and had brought back this fucking statue. And at the time, we didn't know anything about saging and spirits and what to do to protect but we always thought that maybe that had something to do with it this goddamn statue that was in the corner of the basement we finally sold the house and then it moved and I was like like I said 11 or 12 and everything stopped nothing followed us my aunt and my cousins bought the house from us and they moved in and they never experienced anything. I mean, they're kind of study duds anyway in the spiritual department. But, yeah, to this day, I can, it, it's, it's never left. Those feelings have never left. And, oh, fuck, I'm talking about it in my new house now. I don't want it to start again. But anyway, so... Okay, that's my story. <laughs> I hope you can use it. Sounds so really passionate about the statue. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know what? If you kind of have that feeling that it's something and everybody in the family kind of has a feeling that it's that, that item, it probably is. There's probably something there that's telling you that's what it is. Mm -hmm. I would go with that and I'd get rid of it. <laughs> Have you had anything where you're unboxing in the house? You're like, damn it, we brought this with us. No, because I would just hide shit out of the box before you closed it up. <laughs> no, we didn't have it. What any did you take out of the boxes? Nothing. There was nothing that I thought we needed to get rid of as we were packing. In a, this is creepy kind of sense. It was more so we don't have a spot for that. Have you ever had an object like that? And I'm not saying like recently or anything, but have you ever, have you ever purchased an item or got an item as a gift or whatever thinking, this is neat. This is, I, I like this initially, mm -hmm. or you got it and you didn't really want it, you know, if it was gifted or something. And it just had that to it, that vibe of like, I really want to get rid of this, but it was beyond just of, I have no use for this, but there's something more with it one of my pocket watches because i was a weird kid i'm still a weird kid um yeah when i was <laughs> i was in my teens uh, one of the things i collected was antique pocket watches old ones which every girl in the 90s <laughs> nsync and pocket watch collections mm -hmm. that was usually at daria and i don't know what it was <laughs> about pocket watches but i loved them and mm -hmm. um I ended up selling all of them to put myself through the first part of college. But mm -hmm. one of them, and I couldn't tell you which one because I always had them all together. But one of them, just there was a creepiness about the whole set. Mm -hmm. and, and you know, I, as far as collections, I don't have many. I collected pocket watches and I collected antique dishes. And I've hauled those dishes around <laughs> since I was 12 years old. Every time we've moved... They've gone with me. Yep. I had no trouble parting with my pocket watch collection because there was something with one of those that was just weird and kind of creepy, but I couldn't tell you which one it was. So why do you, why did you feel that way? Like, what was the, was there anything that happened? Any, 
No, but you know, pocket watches are like at the time a real personal thing. Sure. You know, they would have a lot of sentimental attachment. People mm-hmm. would get them for special occasions. They would get them as you know gifts to somebody. And they'd have their names engraved and they'd, you know, have all kinds of detail work and they were little works of art and there was never two the same. Mm -hmm. And it just, I felt like there was so much attachment to those that something was still attached to those. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was just like, this is just, you know, it was too much. I never really had anything happen because of them, but just... It got to where I was like, I don't really enjoy, you know, looking at them, opening them up the back and watching the workings or any of that anymore. It was just like, they can go. That sucks when you have a collection of things and you can't pinpoint the one that's possessed. Mm. Well, it wasn't a possession. It was just somebody still missed their watch. Yeah. You know, and it was a mix. I had antique railroad sure. watches where, you know, people that worked on the railroad, they had to have their watch yeah. exactly right. Had antique ladies' watches, you know, all kinds of things like that. Some were way older than others, but still, it was just like, I was just over it. Looking at it now, if you had them back, do you think you could have found a way to determine which one it was? I don't know, because I've thought about that. I don't know which one was the most loved <laughs> in their life. You think there's more than one that was kind of doing that? Maybe. And maybe it wasn't just one. Maybe that's why it was more difficult to to say, it's this one. Mm-hmm. Because maybe there was different levels of that going on with, you know, and it's like as I got a collection, then I had this whole heap of creepy. Yeah, I mean, it's almost like, uh, you know, if if you're you're listening to uh, an audiobook or something on on one device, mm-hmm. and you have one device here, and let's say you got like five phones in front of you, one of them is playing an audiobook, you can pick them each up and listen. Okay, this is the one that's playing. Mm-hmm. If you have five of them all playing it at the same time at slightly different volume levels, it'd be really difficult to go and say which one is playing which because they're all speaking simultaneously different things. Yeah. And it'd be really hard to say what the, which one is not playing. So one of them is not playing anything, you know, it's almost like it's almost like just white noise of all of these together creating yeah. this this thing. Well, and I've often wondered, because that is such a weird thing for a teenage girl to get into. Mm -hmm. I've often wondered what made me get into that. Was one of them just like, it had to come home with me. I don't know. And then it started a whole thing. I don't know. A lot of times that's how you hear a lot of stories of items where it's like, I don't know why I had to have this. I just did. And it's not like it's a purse or something where it's like a fashion. It's Mm -hmm. just like, it's an odd item. Yeah. It's an item that really otherwise you wouldn't expect like that, like a pocket watch for a teenage girl. It's like, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. What is that? Why is it the same with like some houses too, where it's like, I just couldn't leave the house, mm-hmm. even though, you know, I was tempted to eat the cat every other day. I just couldn't <laughs> leave the house. You know, it's like, yeah, that's weird. <laughs> but yeah. but it, it, it's some of those things. It's just kind of like, yeah, I don't know, speaks to you in a certain way. And, you know, after I got rid of that collection, I haven't had an inkling to collect them ever again hey, holidays are coming up if you like to send jenny a gift oh god no <laughs> no i don't want any more pocket watches you start a new collection no nope. this holiday season uh all right that's gonna wrap up today's episode of real ghost stories online and i think actually when this thing airs uh what is uh what is thanksgiving the last thursday somebody's November. 
Okay, so it's not quite. It's next week uh, as a, for when this airs. So I was thinking it was tomorrow for a moment going, fuck, I have to thaw that turkey out. Uh, but see, this is where I'm playing like it's the future. Oh, okay, because it's not even Halloween yet. You're us. like really confused. You're like, Tony, <laughs> it's not Halloween. <laughs> it's just where you pretend you're at a different place in time. Uh-huh. I hate when shows do that. <laughs> where it's like, well, we know this is airing then, so let's pretend it's coming up tomorrow. It's like, I'll tell you when I'm recording the show. Today yeah. is October 22nd. Uh, but you're hearing this on November 20th, I believe. If I'm or in that, no, maybe not. Uh, you're in that week. You're somewhere around there. It could be the 20th. <laughs> I don't know what day it is. Don't rely on that if you have plans today. <laughs> because I probably just fucked them up. Uh, so anyway, that's going to wrap up the uh, the show for today. Uh, thank you guys for listening. If you like the show, keep us on the air. Become an extra podcast person at eppghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories to support the show and keep this thing afloat until next time. For Jenny, I'm Tony, thanks for listening to another episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. It's the game everyone's talking about. Shim Sham, a laugh-out-loud adventure for you and your... Cockroaches. Part board game, part dance-off, Shim Sham is loads of fun for... Cockroaches. ...of all ages. Just spin the wheel, strike your pose, and get ready for a... Scurrying cockroach. Don't let roaches ruin the moment. Orkin, home is where the bugs aren't. Visit orkin.com to learn more. Worried about keeping up with your fave friends all summer? Or posting every perfectly pink sunset you see? Don't sweat the connect. You can have it made in the shade with four lines of unlimited data for $100 a month. Scroll the staycation pics. Find your new go-to takeout spot or catch some rays on video chat. Whatever you and the crew are into, all the data makes it all that much better. Smile, you're on Cricket. Cricket Core acquired on four lines. Data speed limited to three megabits per second. Cricket may slow data speeds when the network is busy. Additional fees, usage, and restrictions apply.